He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where uh, we like to sacrifice of ourselves and wake up early, well, early-ish, to uh, make sure to bring you guys the proper episodes and uh, try to bring them on time. Yeah, whose crazy idea was it again to do two episodes a week this month? Um, I, I believe she shall remain nameless. Oh, yeah. Probably best to save him for his dignity's sake. Yeah, I think uh, her idea, while, you know, noble, may have been a little, uh, uh, a little much. <laughs> well, it's probably good because she ended up saving the day with what we're going to talk about today anyways. Yeah. So today we're, we're going to kind of take... Uh, change pace a little bit, um, mostly because uh, we weren't as prepared as we were hoping for. Hmm. Um, but we will hopefully be on track before uh, before Thursday. So we had a very busy weekend. We we did. You want to talk about that for a second? Absolutely. Um, we uh, were both in uh, the pirate festival in town, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. I, I, I don't think there was a moment when it didn't rain all day Sunday. And I we, know. We, uh, we, we definitely felt the effects of it yesterday. She and I were both exhausted all day yesterday. I just dried off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting the water out of my ears. So. And usually, for the ones we have planned for this week, we would have to do a bit more prep than we normally do because there's a lot of comparisons to be made, especially on my end. Yeah. So it's okay. You can say I failed you. It's all right. No, I, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> we were trying to stick to that schedule that we had made, and I mean, we were doing a really good job. It's just that we were, we got done around six thirty, seven o'clock every day, and both days were like we need to eat, but we're so tired. Um, I I I know I tracked uh about twenty five thousand steps in the two days, and I know Oof. you probably got maybe even a little around that, or if not more. Um, but you, you don't have the Fitbit. <laughs> nah, I don't buy into technology. Except for all the technology that you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, we, both days we were just like, we would look at each other. You wanna, you wanna watch something tonight? No, I wanna go to sleep. Okay, well, let's eat and then we'll go to sleep. Okay. Not, neither of us were really putting up much of a fight to, to get this done, so... Fortunately, that that meant we had our um, our schedule kind of suffered in that in that sense. So I had an idea that since it is the month of Halloween, there are things worth comparing that aren't a one specific movie, one specific show. We can get a bit loosey goosey with this interpretation, and it has to do a lot with what scares us. Yeah, like um, what we feel is most um, effective. Mm -hmm. um, in a, uh, a thrilling, scary horror setting, if you will. Um, cause Liz is not a, um, uh, not a horror fan. So I don't like being scared. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like scary movies. <laughs> this, this girl will not ride a roller coaster, but she will go skydiving or she will go whitewater rafting or I have bungee always, jumping or I've always asserted and this makes no sense, but I've always asserted that if I go do whitewater rafting, let's say, and I end up dying on that, well, that was at my own hand. A roller coaster ends up derailing and goes off and hits the ground and we all die. 
No. So as long as it's something completely unregulated that has just as much chance of surviving as dying, I'm completely okay with it. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> strange thinkings aside, well, I, I think we're you and I both have kind of a have had at one point in our in our lives a weird fear, or maybe even still currently have a weird fear. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, this episode is not going to be very long. We're we're kind of we're we're both just woken up, you know, not done our makeup or. Good thing it's not a video podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know, our hair is just, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. Well, Aaron, why don't we start with what uh, we both feared as children? Well, yeah, um, both of us being uh, creative and having a ton of imaginations, I had two kind of strange fears uh, growing up. Um, the first one, uh, my grandparents, uh, they, they live in a house now. Um, they've lived there for a long time. They lived in another one and then hadn't sold this one and they had to move back. But what happens is their house shares like this big yard, you know, area with this old building that used, it used to be a church and then it used to be something else too, but it kind of got defunct and my grandfather wanted the land as well. So he bought the, he bought the property and they were going to turn this building into a, a bed and breakfast or something like that. And it, it never happened. It became storage. Um, and they, uh, and slash another bedroom for people who stay there with them, um, which is where actually I stayed the last time I was there. Um, but they always, uh, because it's storage and stuff like that, there's always like these rooms that you kind of like, you could walk into, but you choose not to because it's so full of junk. Um, I remember when I was a kid and my parents and I would go up for, you know, for visits and stuff like that. We would have, um, there, there's, there was two bathrooms in that building. There was one that was near the front, uh, that only had a toilet and a, um, a sink. Um, but if somebody was on that toilet, there was another, a Jack and Jill bathroom at the back, um, that had a shower, it had a toilet and had a thing. Thing was, is it was it, none of the sound carried back there, so it was always eerily quiet, like overly so, like it was like a deafening din, if you will. And um, because of all the junk, some weird shadows happen, especially in the in the darkness. Like I would have to go to the bathroom right before bed or something like that, and my dad would be doing something in the bathroom. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just go down to the um, to the other one and I'd make my way down. I'd be terrified the whole time. And it's not because of the junk itself or the, the quiet. It was always, I wasn't afraid of the dark. I was afraid of what was in the dark. So that one, uh, like that always terrified me. Like I, I would, there was a couple of times I had to have my mom walk with me, like mom walk with me and like go to the bathroom with me. That's the cool thing about the fear of the dark. I think that most kids would agree. Yeah. That if you said, so what are you afraid of? You're not literally afraid of the creeping dark. You're afraid of what's choosing to use it as cover. Exactly. And that's, um, and actually my mom told me at one point in time, it meant, either meant that I was smart or I was creative. And I think it was probably creative seeing as where I am now. <laughs> well, I know that the fear I was most familiar with you having definitely makes sense for the creative yeah. part. I, um... Uh, another quick backstory on that. Um, my my father, um, 
he he and I love to do things together. Uh, we we've had a really great relationship, and I, I count myself incredibly lucky uh, with that. Um, I mean, even now we we have a fantastic relationship. It's gotten it's really told me gotten better with time. So you know, I'm rubbing people's faces. Hmm. Um, but one thing that he always tried to do that I see other young fathers do, um, you know, especially uh, guys who are related to us, um, is that they try to do things with their children. Um, and my dad had always come up with some very fun things to do. We got to do a, like a course on bats. Like we went, I think we went to IMS and it was like a fun kids thing. We got to, I actually got to see a bat in real life. So I've never been afraid of bats or anything like that. Um, and he, uh, there's like this cool jazz thing going on. <laughs> there's this cool jazz thing going on. And I talked to my dad, I'm like, dad, I really need something to drink. I'm incredibly thirsty. And I don't think at the time the place had water fountains and so we walked down to the concession stand and I'm like hey can we have a bottle of water or can we have like a cup for water or something like that he's like I just closed everything up I can't take anything out and and I don't have any water anyways because he only had alcohol they didn't think about having any soda or anything like that so you were terrified <laughs> of underage drinking yeah that was it no I uh, uh I end up getting Skittles and like sucking on them, letting the juice oh. flow. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I'm so thirsty. So uh, no, my dad. When I was really, really young, um, I think we had just moved back to the states because uh, he was in the Air Force um, the first few years of my life. We moved back to the United States, and um, my mom was working, or my mom had to go do something that day, and so he had me, and. He was like, well, you know what? I want to go take him to see a movie. And the movie that was big at that point for children was Land Before Time. So he goes there. Which has its own terrifying moment. Yeah. Not in the same sense, but um, he uh, he goes to the movie. And uh, the movie showing that he was hoping to do, the show rather, uh, not shoe. <laughs> the movie show that he was hoping to do. Uh, was sold out, 100% sold out, and uh, he knew he only had a certain amount of time, so he's like, oh, I'll just pick another movie for us to go and watch. Let me take my toddler infant son to go watch another movie. Another dinosaur movie. Yeah, another one that came out around the same time. Oh, he won't be that bad. You know, it's just this little ditty called Jurassic Park. <laughs> so... Um, I didn't know this actually for a couple of years and I, I, for some reason I kept freaking out whenever I saw, uh, this movie and I never really truly understood it until my dad was like, yeah, that might be my fault. And he told me the story. I'm like, yeah, it's of course it's your fault. Uh, so actually I had a, uh, not a deathly fear. Like I wouldn't like freeze up, but it, they freaked me out to a higher extent than most people, uh, were the velociraptors. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because that, you know, there were smaller than the t-rex it was more so that they were smarter they're clever girls exactly like i knew like i always knew in the back of my head even when i was that young it's like if something's gonna kill me it's because it's smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> so uh i actually ended up facing my fear when i was uh like 13 14 because my grandparents had all three of the movies on like vhs dvd and i was like and like i remember i wanted to watch like the second one or i wanted to watch the first one and it's like and I sat down, I watched it by myself, and I'm like, okay, that was rough, but I think it's okay. And then I watched the second one, like, the next night. That one was tougher, but I got through it. And then the third one, I, and like, 
and then I've never had an issue since. Cool. Like I, they, I mean, they, they still twinge me just a little bit, but not nearly to the extent it used to be. Like if I saw a, um, uh, a, a, like you don't a, freak out in natural history museums. No, no, no. I've never been to a natural history museum. Oh, they're fun. They're so different than just the science. Like, there's a whole different kind of feeling in a natural history versus science versus an art. They all have completely different vibes to them. And the natural history ones are fun because they kind of combine a lot of the other parts into their natural history. A lot of science on how the world was founded, how these animals evolved to be the way they are. The Museum of Natural History. You got it. That was a good John Goodman, babe. <laughs> it was John Goodman trying to be... I know. Um, I know. What's his face? Uh, from uh, We're Back in Dinosaurs. Yeah. I know, but it was still a good, jo- yeah. good John Goodman impression. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um... So yes, there's uh there's that we I, I had some weird fears growing up, but I have definitely talked way too much about my fears. What were your fears? That's getting a little bit uh, more complicated because I do not have a lot of the standard fears that most kids had. I wasn't afraid of heights. I wasn't <laughs> afraid of drowning. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't afraid of heights as a kid. Well, I mean, like I didn't like them, but. Now, as an adult, I'm, I've become more like, they don't, I don't stop. But I'm like, we, we've been on a Ferris wheel that was way too rickety. I'm like, nope, 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 Yeah, nope. that was uh, terrifying for me because I was just going to like spaz out and pass out <laughs> in the car. No, no, I was going to bend the metal of my hands. <laughs> Let me out! Get me the hell out of here! No, no fear of fights. I would, we would go to Chimney Top. And I would just go and stand on the very edge and look down like, that's cool. And all the parents would freak out. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just standing <laughs> right here. I'm not going to jump. I just and wanted to see off the edge. They make me sit down on my butt on the edge. and Not nearly as fun, but it was probably safer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there's this thing in uh, South Dakota called uh, Harney's Peak. And like you, uh, you, it's a big trail up to like a certain point. But then you can keep climbing. And there's like this old like battlement or something up there. And. Um, like you can get up to the top and you look down and it's it is a beautiful, beautiful sight. So now that is true. I'm only used to Smoky Mountain Heights. I've never been out to. Oh, this is this is this isn't even like Rocky Mountains. This is like I I would say probably one or two at least in Smoky Mountains is taller than Hardy's Peak. It's just you start literally at the bottom of the mountain going up. Yeah, you mock me a lot because you got to grow up with Mount Rushmore and the only mountain <laughs> with presence spaces in it I've ever been to is the Great Stone Mountain down in Georgia, which is big. The mountain itself is big because you get to ride to the top and it's all smooth mountain. Like if you sat in your butt and started sliding, you would slide all the way down the mountain. Yeah. Wee! Ow, 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 ow. A lot of hurt. Um, <laughs> I wasn't afraid of wild animals. Every animal was my friend. Even the big ones, horses, were my absolute favorite. <laughs> I didn't care that I came up to his knee. We were friends. <laughs> we're going to be friends. Well, like... Uh... The only thing I can really think of from childhood, which has changed since then, is a fear of needles. I really, really didn't like needles. I didn't like shots. I didn't like doctors. I didn't like any of that. I mean, does any kid like... really like needles? There are. I do know some people who who associate pleasant memories um, with certain medical professional offices. I, uh, I should I get into that story about my one of my most infamous or infamous, but like infamous to me, uh, doctor stories. It's a good story. I do like it. It adds color. 
Uh, has nothing to do with his having a hand. No, no. Well, like, I mean, like, pleasant story. Like, this is not a pleasant story. But I never had a fear to the doctors either. But I, uh, I had to go get a physical one time. And uh, my mother took ended up taking me. So I, but I got to miss. I think I missed the whole day. I like I wasn't supposed to, but then they decided after what happened to just go and have me miss the whole day. Um, but we, uh, <laughs> so we go there and we're there probably like eight or nine in the morning and, uh, the nurses come in, they do their thing. And then the doctor comes in a while later and he does his stuff. And then he comes back after a while and he and I, he, we're talking with him. My mother I and him are, we're all talking. We're talking about how, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And the door was open because it was, we were nearing the end of our visit anyways. Um, but I, I noticed something weird earlier. Um, I had asked if I could go to the bathroom, um, and I walked around, uh, and I noticed like all the nurses were huddled around something. I didn't really understand it, but you know I was only you know ten or eleven at the time, so I didn't really think much of it. And then went came back, and and then um, that when uh, the doctor had come back in and we were talking, the door was open, and a nurse runs by saying. Oh my God, we're under attack. We're under attack. And the doctor just stops, looks at us. He goes, I'll be right back and closes the door. And he doesn't, he didn't come back for like half an hour. Um, and he comes back in and he goes, you're free to go type thing. And, uh, did you guys miss the beginning of the zombie apocalypse? No, no. Uh, we didn't really find out what was going on. Um, until a little bit later we got in the car. Um, and because it was a, it was a full physical, I couldn't have breakfast. Which now is a daily occurrence, but you know back then I couldn't have breakfast, and it was uh, so I was starving by the time lunch came around. Um, and I uh, I asked my mom because I was really wanting the Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster. I was like, can we go to Red Lobster? And you know my mom being very nice to me and you know spoiling me a little bit, she's absolutely let's go. And I don't think the doctor's office. Oh no no, it's uh the doctor's office is where ninety four Z is above now. There's oh, actually okay. still an office there now. Uh, but we got out of there and. Um, and so Red Lobster wasn't that far away. And we, we, like, we turned on the radio station, but instead of music playing, there were people talking. Okay, maybe it was a commercial or something like that, but it kept going, kept going. Neither of us were really paying attention. And then we kept hearing, like, these weird reports. Like, what the hell is going on? And then we go and eat, and the, the server looks kind of, like, jittery in a weird way. And we're, we're not, again, we, we don't know what the situation is. And I didn't really, really understand what was going on until I had to go to the bathroom again uh, about halfway through our meal. And everybody who was at around the bar, like servers, patrons, bartenders, managers, are all around this bar. Like there are people eating and stuff like that, but there's a decent sized group watching the TVs. All the TVs are on the same thing. And I saw a building with smoke coming out of it. And again, and I, again, not being really of an age to truly understand, I just went to the bathroom and I came back out. And again, this time I slowed down and I was seeing things. And I actually, I think I saw it right before the next thing happened. Because I remember seeing reports later on. And I think it was the same report I was watching on TV, but it was before it happened. And I went back and I told my mom. And then we heard something and we're like, okay. And then my mom gets a phone call from my grandmother. She's freaking out and everything like that. And if you can't figure out from context clues. No, I think everyone figures it out. Yeah. From context clues if you can't figure it out. But it was. I was was in school that day and I remember 
they turned on all the TVs and all the classrooms. You guys didn't go anywhere. We kept right? we moved. I think we started moving from period to period, but we didn't do any yeah. learning. We just kept watching. Yeah, I heard and we we're about that. we were little like sixth graders, little sixth graders watching mm-hmm. this. And the very first moment I see one of the towers hit, I have a sudden gut wrenching fear that my dad, who travels for business, had gone to New York and I was traveling by plane that day to New York. And it's sixth grade back in 2001. I don't have a cell phone. I have no way to contact my father. Yeah. And we can't use, you know, I'm like, all I have is a hunch. If if a teacher has a cell phone, we are definitely not supposed to use them. And, like, you're not supposed to use an office phone for that at that point. You know, it was well well before that kind of open communication. I finally did get to a phone, and I called my mom. And, of course, it was him going to Georgia next weekend. So I was completely (laughs) off. But I think that is when... I truly started um, fearing, and I don't anymore, but fearing the concept of death. Mm-hmm. Not even my own death, but the death of those around me. Well, like, um, in a similar instance, my uh, my mother's cousin-in-law, um, the, her cousin who, who her cousin married, um, he was traveling, and apparently he was actually coming back from her trip and was supposed to come into New York around that time, and she... Uh, she wasn't sure what was going on. And she finally got in touch with someone up in Boston because we have a ton of family up in Boston, um, and asked if uh, if he was on the if he was on a plane or not. And he had actually gotten back the day before or something like that. And he had come through New York, but he had done something he, like it wasn't. He didn't come into where they were supposed to go into. So, um, but yes, it it was nine eleven. Um, uh, so yeah, I didn't have a bad experience. <laughs> doctors that was my that's my one experience as a from a doctor from yeah a forgive me i was very certain the story you're going to tell was the one where you got loaded up on pain meds to get your wisdom teeth out and started talking about how much you love me no 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 <laughs> i just bring that up in a normal conversation anyway so uh no uh you know fears and stuff like that but you, you're so you were afraid of needles but you want a tattoo now oh no like I can't see the needle. If it's going to be a tattoo, it's got to be a tattoo where I can't look at it. Oh, it's got to okay. be one where it's like, okay, and I turn around for 20 seconds, and then it's done. It <laughs> wouldn't be 20 seconds, but it probably would. I, I want a 20-second tattoo. I have a tattoo that took about three hours. And I do it, not it, want I three felt, hours. I felt all the three hours, but I think the, for the one that you want or for something that you want, I think it would take less than an hour, I honestly think. Yeah. So. I Yeah. I, for me... When we went to go get my blood drawn, and I, again, as it is, I'm not afraid. I just don't like it. <laughs> uh, so when we went to get blood drawn, you asked the nurse, because you had to drive me afterwards, can I watch you do it? Because I'm just sitting over here looking the other way, just trying to breathe normally, not freak <laughs> out. And he's like, cool, as it goes in. He just starts watching all the blood come out of me. I'm like, are you a vampire? No, I, I'm weirdly interested. I'm, I'm, I uh, I did want to be a medical professional when I was in middle school. At one point in time, I thought about being a vet. Um, I know I couldn't do it. I, I care too damn much. I just care too much. I do. I'd be a terrible vet. I wouldn't take the proper risks because of one bad thing that would lead to a death of an animal and I would never again feel like I could. Well, they... A big reason why I didn't become anything in the medical profession is, is like it was going to ha- require too much schooling. My yeah. parents were like, my parents were like, you're going to have to be in school for like 20 years. I'm like, nope. Aaron was afraid Done. of higher education. Oh, 
grades, test papers, essays. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, that um, I was thinking about that. But yeah, seeing that kind of stuff never really bothered me. In fact, I want you bring that up with the wisdom teeth. Uh, they gave me the gas first, and of course, you know, I start to get loopy, and I'm I'm chatting up the the nurses and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, you're Joey Tribbiani. I was going more billing vol on that one, but uh, but they was like, okay, I think it's time for you to get the uh, the shot or the, the the IV. And at this point in my life, I've never had an IV. I've never had a bone broken. I've never really been to the hospital. I've been to a couple clinics and maybe one emergency room, but it was a an ankle thing. It wasn't like where I needed an IV. I needed to be replenished or something like that. Um, and like, okay, I think we're gonna put the IV in. And I tell them, I was like, well, you can try my right arm because I'm right-handed, but I've had blood taken out and they've never really been able to find a good vein on my right arm. Sure enough, they they keep looking and they're like, they kind of snap a couple times. They're like, yeah, we're not really finding one. I'm like, but look at the left arm, left arm, boom, vessel pops up. And I'm like, can I watch you do it? And the nurse kind of looks at me and she goes, sure. You can just see her in her mind. Oh, please don't faint on me. Please don't faint on me. Well, luckily I was sitting, I was actually reclining at that point because it was a, it was a, dental, a dental procedure. So I was already kind of reclining. And uh, so she puts it in and like, I feel something, but I, it's not the same amount of like, you would actually feel a needle going in. And I'm like, that was cool. Was I supposed to feel that? She goes, that means the gas is working. Okay, cool. I was pretty loopy. He could have done point. anything to you at that point. Yeah, there was a time, you know, fear of eyeballs. I got over that because I had to wear contacts. So I still have like there's still like a a sensory nightmare of getting a paper cut in my eye for some reason. Ugh. That just sounds just terrible, just not terrifying, just awful. <laughs> you can't heal that bad boy. And then I eventually stopped. Fearing death. I know that makes it sound like, oh, I'm so foolhardy. No, I, I just don't fear the concept of death. I've become much more accepting of it. For me, though, the fear that I have today, and I think it'll, you know, show why my fears are more psychologically grounded as opposed to paper cuts and eye grounded. Yeah. Is uh, the fear of immortality. Of eternity. That's and that's a I, that's a very unique fear. I don't. I, I know. I know you're probably not the only one, but that's still a very unique fear. It's. I don't, I'm not trying to discredit it. Please understand that. I'm not trying I was thinking it as a it compliment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like I mean, I guess it would be kind of something the same thing as people who go and stare at the ocean and feel like where they like, oh my god, everything's closing in because they are standing out in the wide open type thing. Maybe it might be that. For me, I think it's the idea of I'm, you know, making my way through this life knowing I have a finite amount of time here and I can enjoy every day knowing that, you know, it could be my last. I could live another 80 years, but I'm enjoying the time that I have. But especially as uh, as someone with uh, religion and faith that believes in an afterlife, an eternity of afterlife, even uh, eternity of heaven is still ultimately terrifying. I have no idea what to do with an eternity of time. And you see, like, I don't want to live forever. I just want to take a certain time in my life, and I want to extend that. Or I want to be able to go, like, 
you know, one day, like, I don't want to do anything, so I want to be six years old again so I can take naps and watch, you know, cartoons and, you know, eat Pop-Tarts all day. And there might be a day where I just want to go out and drinking, you know, so I want to be, you know, 25, 30 years old and, you know, and where I can afford to drink, but I don't over-drink just because I can afford to drink type, you know, thing. Or I want to be older where I want to just relax and talk to people, you know, that would be what I would want to do. But... Or if I had to pick like one age and then live that for another hundred years or something like that, like that I can but even, understand. But even then, you just said do it for another hundred years. Yeah, it's more of a finite time rather than infinite or immortality. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I would want to live forever. There's a part of me that I think that's why I have a great fear of Groundhog Day <laughs> because they charted it out. He repeated that day. 70,000 times based on all the skills he mastered, based mm -hmm. on how long it takes to master those skills. He was repeating. That's even worse being stuck in that infinite loop because it means there's no growth. There's no possibility of moving beyond that. You are stuck here forever. You, you know that um, that the movie Groundhog's Day actually was meant to be kind of like a like much more of a black comedy than it is like it's got some darker elements in it but like it was i attribute to be... that to bill murray <laughs> but like that it's not that yeah no he no it was his idea and the director harold ramus wanted it to be more light-hearted oh okay and so that's why we kind of have that mix uh that it is now in fact that movie caused a rift between them because mm -hmm. they were really good friends before then and it caused a rift that they only in the last five to ten years had gotten over before you know uh, Harold Ramis passed away. Let that be a lesson to you, kids. Don't do things with the people you love. You'll just end up hating each other. Grr. Ah! Why? Yeah, you don't want to. So, well, let's. Um, that kind of is a nice segue to what we were wanting to really talk about. Um, and we'll we'll touch on it for a little while. So, um, I think the um, uh, one thing that Liz and I kind of differ on is, I. I can appreciate psychological horror and I can appreciate, you know, horror of the mind. It's just, those aren't necessarily what I always seek out. Um, kind of a going back to with the, the Velociraptors, it's like it's when, when something is going to kill me, it's not going to, I'm not afraid of zombies. I'm not afraid of, you know, um, like a golem or something like that. Or golem, not golem. Hey. Golem. You know, the kind of the mindless killers type thing. It's more so the things that are smarter than me, the things that are, can help with me. Because I view myself as an intelligent person, you know, We and I like solving puzzles and, you know, figuring out clues and stuff like that. So, you know, I and I actually recently, I've been watching a lot of Let's Plays or, um, you know, people playing uh, indie horror video games. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, with them, but like Markiplier, I have been watching... I have been giving his channel so many more watches these last like a uh, couple weeks, but the uh, the oh, you seek out being scared uh, to an extent. It's yeah. fun for you. Yeah, I like I like being thrilled because it makes me appreciate the times when I'm not a little bit more, you know. And I, I'm always so astounded by that because you have a crazy overactive imagination. You have to make oh, sure God. doors are closed at night so darkness can't seep out. And I well, I've always... also read, like, true crime stuff, too. You know, I've, I've also read the things, like, the stories of people who, like, oh, the door's unlocked, so I'm going to come in and kill everybody. You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean the closet door, not the front door. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, okay, so in that sense, yes, I do have that kind of fear because my, um... 
I, one of the first Let's Plays I ever watched was of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's back when it first came out. The very first one where you were literally in an office that had two doors on either side, which doesn't make sense. And you had to keep the doors closed, but it would drain energy and stuff like that. And, um, and it didn't help at the time. We were living in an apartment. And I was by myself, too, that if I... Uh, if I was laying flat in bed on my back and I looked at my wall there was a closet door that we had taken off so all we could see was the closet and a damn door down the hallway which was always dark in the middle of the night because it wasn't around any natural light at all so that didn't help that you know I watched Five Nights at Freddy's and then that was there you know I swear one time I'd sl I dreamed that I saw Freddy's face glow up in the in the hallway yeah, I think that really did mess with you the same way that Pan's Labyrinth messed with me. Yeah. I still, there were times if I'd be scrolling through cracked articles and one, and like just a picture, a second of the guy with eyes in his hands would show up and I would be like, I'm, I'm done. Burn the house down. I'm leaving. <laughs> he gave me nightmares for ages. I still can't look at it. What was that? Uh, that song? I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. I'm gone. House is yours. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> but for me, the funny, the I guess the terror of that thing isn't so much that he has eyeballs in his hands. It wasn't like like torturous in that way. It was the whole character design of him and how we only are hinted at his true purpose, which is eating children. Yeah. And the way he shuffles down the hall, it was it's all sorts He's got of the creepy. Big old flabby grandma arms. Oh, I know, like just like. Oh, Guillermo del Toro knows how to just, yeah, he knows how to get you, man. Um, I do want to see The Shape of Water, but I'm also insanely terrified. <laughs> I think that one's going to be better. I, I don't think it's going to have that kind of sense, the same thing, because Pan's Labyrinth is almost supposed to be kind of a, uh, a scary children's story, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, monster, uh, I like monster romance. For me, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, who would have ever guessed? Hush you. <laughs> For me, though, it's the unknown psychological terrors that really get to me. I know that you love watching Saw for the puzzles. You like having intelligent yeah. killers stalking you. But for me, you know, intelligent kidder. <laughs> intelligent. <laughs> That's what you are. I am. You're an intelligent kidder. I am. But an intelligent killer can still mess up, can still have pity. It's, it is breakable. The point of the intelligent puzzle killer is to win and beat the puzzle. One of you will survive. For me, it's more of the unthinking, unfeeling, monotonous pace of, a, you know, a volcano as it rushes down to Pompeii. And there is no pity in a volcano. It will just destroy anything <laughs> in its wake. Um, I think that's kind of the idea of how we tend to personalize terrorist attacks that they're unthinking and unfeeling and even after we know more about them we still have the idea in our mind of they were willing to die to kill all of us and that's the more and more terrifying things Coraline the movie doesn't end this way but the book ends with that hand grasping the key falling down the well as you done the boards up but there's still a part of you that's like but that hand is still down there with that key, and it could come up any time now and well, break yeah. free one day. And that's that's the whole point of like why ambiguous endings are always um, the, the when 
good books or good movies in that way. Like, what the hell just happened? Like, oh my god, you know, like, this could still happen. You know, like, like what we were just talking about. <laughs> these marijuana smokers could be in your school. Or, or yours. yours. Or, or yours. <laughs> I think we were just, we were talking about that last night when we were coming up with the idea for this particular uh, editorial, that you like the visual medium. It it resonates with you more. And so for you, watching people work out puzzles or the, the terror of someone, you can see the stalking, you can see the, the jump scares, all of that speaks to you. Um, but for me, as more of a reader... I really enjoy the slow atmospheric pace and build. There's something so terrifying about choosing to read a terrifying book because it's active. You have to tell yourself, you are the person inside the haunted house who's like, well, let me just keep going and opening doors instead of get out, <laughs> leave. <laughs> no, I'm the one I'm like, I'm trying to find the exit. Like I'm, I'm the one like, okay, how the hell do I get out of here? And like, I, you know, think logically about it. But I, yes. And as a reader, you have to be like, no, no. I'm going to keep going. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> you have to, Yes, it is more of an active uh, more versus passive. So, um, But I'm also the one I'm like yelling at the person like, there's the fucking door over there. That's, get, the fuck, get the fuck out. Like, why are you so goddamn stupid? Well, that's why I couldn't play any scary video games. Freshman year, someone had said, hey, you like video games? Yeah, why don't you take a round at this? And it was a fear. Oh, God. And so I'm fear. walking through fear, and all of a sudden the landscape starts shifting and jilting. All the colors go away, and I have no more control, and a ghost flies out at me, and I spend 20 minutes hovering behind a wall until I finally come out guns blazing and I die in five seconds. Of so, course. So I know I'd be no useful. Even if I had all the guns in the world, they are not going to help me in that situation. Well, um, this, yeah, and to to kind of build on that point just for a second, um, you you enjoy the psychological books uh, because you you enjoy the um, the active imagination. They make me think. And and that's the thing is too is that's why I enjoy some of the the horror movies that I do is they do make me think. Um, Probably some of my my well, I'll, I'll say this my two guilty pleasure series quote unquote like a lot of people it's oh it's Five Nights or not sorry not Five Nights uh uh Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday Thirteenth or you know even Alien the Alien anyone, franchise or Predator those aren't know. guilty pleasures though all those are well made movies exactly now the movies I'll say are not so much like. They're not greatly made, but they're not terribly made either. There's there's definitely some production value behind both the the writing, the directing, and even sometimes the acting too. Um, but my 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 two guilty pleasure series are definitely Saw and um, the Final Destination series. I which just don't get it at all. Saw is because of the puzzles, and I really like the first few. I would say probably up to four or five because the puzzles. There was always another way that you never really saw or you never understood unless you were able to look at the whole thing. And that was that was the devil devilish, you know, secret to all of these is like there was always a way to win. But as as the movies went along, it became more and more just about body yeah. mutilation. What I will the admit other that. way to win in the pit of used needles that that was one of the more thing that was that one i didn't understand as much but there was all like there was another clue for another part of it there's like there was all of these other ones that like like there's there's just one that um that like you think it's actually trying to kill off one at a time but it ends up being 
that they all could have survived everything if they had worked together and not been selfish. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the but point that's, of it. Yeah, no, but no, that's what I'm saying. Is that's That was the point. And what happens is that's why I believe John Kramer, the, the original Jigsaw, um, why he was the best Jigsaw out of everyone because he was trying to give them another reason to live. Um, yes, he was killing people, and yes, he's putting people in these situations, but he was also giving them the keys to their survival. So there was, there, you know, yeah, he was a bad man, and he, he was like, but he was also trying to help them at the same time. Like, to me, that seems unfair. The idea, like, for example, you say the puzzles always had an alternative uh, thing, but isn't that like, you know, you make it through, and you get to the end, and you're like, well, you know, if you had just gone down this completely unrelated path back in chapter one, you could have gotten to the end 16 years ago. And maybe <laughs> it's like, you're, you're, you as the creator of the universe, don't, you are playing God and saying, Hey, if only you had known this, but that's okay. Like, no, 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 you're, no, you're pulling the wool over our eyes. Well, no, it's not even so much. They're pulling the wool over their eyes. He usually gives, he, and that's what I'm saying. He usually gave some sort of hint or there was something there that always could have been able to been used you know there's there you know is that true for every um death trap no and um but you know the, but the thing was is that's why i like the saw series and why i'm actually kind of looking forward to the jigsaw movie because i'm actually interested to see how this goes because of how the last movie ended and i'm just like okay how is this gonna work is it a prequel i don't think so no they're actually saying it's well after the fact because here's the thing. I Wasn't did he not... dying of cancer? Yeah, he was. So he's dead? Yes. So who's this new guy? We don't know. Oh. That's, that's the joke. That's the whole point. Um, we don't know. So they were like, no, they're saying that he came back from the dead. No. But it, it, here's the thing. If, you, if you'd watch all the movies, that's literally impossible. So, um, yeah, no one survives this. Carrie always doesn't come back. So with <laughs> um, uh, the the... Well, I, I do have to say this one thing, and we'll move on. This last point was uh, the 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 last movie had a, the opening death trap is usually kind of one to get people sucked in. Was terrible. It is the worst. It is about these two guys who are both dating this girl, and she's basically cheating on both of them. And I like how they're they have got to chew. They they've got to use their brute strength to kill the other one by pushing like this like giant saw blade into one of them or the other and like they're like oh, i'm gonna push it and i'm like oh, i'm gonna kill you but then like at one point like they're both like huffing and puffing and this girl is like strapped upside down um like like slowly coming down and then like well at a certain point the thing's gonna come down and she's you can be able to save her and like one guy is like wait a minute this bitch has been playing us both, and then she's been playing us both in here because every time one person gets a little bit stronger, she starts cheering them on, and then if he gets a little bit weaker and the saw comes at him, she cheers on the other one. He's like, dude, she's not worth it, man. She's not worth it. And he goes, the other guy goes, you're right. And they push the saw in the middle and they kill the girl. It's like... It, Boy, that seems awfully regressive. Yeah, I, 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 That's th the I most was, awful thing I've heard already. I, I was so disappointed in that one. And the thing was, too, is Bitch it was out in the middle. Coming, really? That's she what they did, go with? She did, but at the same time, it was no terrible. No one deserves At the death. same time, it was terrible. 
So it was. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the that's the god of the universe saying, "I no, choose to have a girl." This is after in John cage. Kramer. This is after John Kramer. So. No, the, 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 the guys, who, the guys, who, the guys who wrote this series, um, the one who directed the first couple or the first one, and then the guy who wrote them, it was actually a five-part series. So six and seven are definitely, or even eight, are after the fact. So. Yeah, well, whoever writes it has the opportunity to say what this will be. Exactly. And they they're, chose, they're, this is easy. They were going, and this was the 3D one, too. Ugh, yeah, ugh. it was stupid. All the 3D stuff was so stupid. So, um... My other, the, the other guilty pleasure of mine is Final Destination, and that one isn't so much a thinking about the puzzles, it's more so, I kind of like the domino effect, like how it will start with one thing, and then it somehow ends up being another, and most all of the films have at least one scene where it starts with one area, and it keeps going, keeps going, you think it's going to end in one way, and then ends it in a different way. It's really neat to kind of watch it that way. Knowing what Rube I know, Goldberg machines and such. Knowing what I know about Final Destination, honestly, I feel like a better interpretation of Final Destination is it follows. No, the, that's this is that's two completely different. Let me let me, let me say let me say premises. No, the idea people. The idea of Final Destination is that death is stalking them. They will not make this out no. alive, even if they think they survived. Death is just going to come from another way. That is the villain. That monster is death. They actually thought about making the having death be almost personified uh, in the first one. They like they really they toyed with the idea, but then they they didn't, and I'm glad they did. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a for an unseen. It is an unseen force. So. so the idea of it follows is a similar premise where death is following these people, and even if they think they've escaped it by passing the curse along to someone else. In the end, he just kills that person and comes right back after you again. You can't escape it. It is inevitable. I so but very I, few horror movies. I, Aaron, I, be fair. Very I, few horror movies play with death as the villain. Um, you're right. I would say that they both have death, quote unquote, being a villain or being the antagonistic force. However, these are two completely different personifications or uh, views of death. One is death is an unseen, unstoppable force. The other one is an unstoppable force, but it is like a completely different situation. One, these guys, these people were supposed to be marked for death because most of them, some sort of big tragic accident happens and someone gets a vision of it and is allowed to survive, but then death keeps coming for them. Um, like the first one was a plane crash. The second one was like a, um, a pile up on the highway. Third one was a roller coaster. Fourth one... Um, well, oh god, the fourth one was the stupidest one, but it had some of the funnier deaths. The fourth one had, um, the, uh, it was, it was at a racetrack. <laughs> was, there already is death at a racetrack. So well, little... yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, they were, like, out watching an NASCAR thing, and it was, it was so stupid. But it, it worked. It worked in a way, it didn't work in a way. And then the fifth one was, um, uh, a, a bridge collapse. Um, so, you know, they find these kind of disaster areas and they, you know, go from there. So, but they're marked for death and then death keeps stalking them in the order that they were supposed to die. That's, that's It Follows. Yeah, but the thing is, is with <laughs> Forg It Forgive follows, me, I think maybe it's, you're... It's an STD death. You're this not, one is, you're, you're misinterpreting me. I'm not saying that You like It Follows way more than you should and you've never watched no, it. No, what I'm saying is that I, that's the psychological part. 
What I like is that these both have similar premises, but in completely different ways. Because Final Destination is action. It's blood and guts. It's, let's see how they can do in the most complicated ways possible. Whereas It Follows takes a more dreading, creeping, you can trust no one, the march of death is inevitable, even when you think you're safe. Okay, so that one, that's like, you can trust no one. Final Destination, you can't trust anything. Like, well, there you go. People, people Even like, more. People die in sometimes the most simplistic way possible. Like, like literally one thing happens and they're dead. Exactly. You know, like, and that's, and, and what happens is why Final Destination is scarier in that sense is because it can happen to, it, this, this shit can happen in real life too. To be fair, I think, you know, you're right. No. I haven't seen, I like to watch, I like to watch breakdowns of scary movies. Because it takes yeah, away the scare like, for me. Yeah, like um, um everything wrong with mm -hmm. and uh, uh, for me, I'm very tame. Oh, My sure. favorite scary thing that I've actually watched and been excited to watch more of, even though I knew I'd be terrified, was Stranger Things. It, Stranger Things is very thrilling. It's not very much. It's not. It it's is scary for me. It, yeah, I would agree that that's probably the most horror thing that you could watch. That you, I know you would watch. So. It's more um, Stephen King horror-esque. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And I even like Stephen King horror. Much. I don't, just, <laughs> no, we love watching the Nostalgia Critic reviews of the Stephen King horror stuff. Like, I'm not going to go watch it. I, you know, I'm not even scared. I, I so, I, 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 I've been pushing it off and pushing it off. I, I just need a breakdown and go watch it. I'm winning on that damn movie pass. <laughs> and, of course, they're not talking to anyone. Like, they'll, they are like, hiding behind their internet wall. No one they, gets to see them. But, like, if people go on and complain early enough in their posts, they're like, send us a message. So, like, I sent them a Facebook message. Still have not heard back. Yeah, I haven't heard back either. I haven't been able to buy one. But back to the real terror of the <laughs> day. For me, Stranger Things was really compelling. And I think it has a lot to do with if you have compelling characters, not just stand-up uh, stock characters, the jock, the damsel in distress. They're not all Scooby-Doo characters. And they actually have some depth to it, which is what I find, unfortunately. Maybe the first Saw is different, but most of the Saws, most Final Destinations, most of the characters tend to be just, I am this personality trait, I and now say, I will die. I would definitely say that for, the, especially in the later movies for both of those series, I would say three through five, a Final Destination. They're just setups for death, as opposed to the character's arc influencing how the story progresses yes and that's and that's the case for most horror movies anyways for me like um i was i was terrified for will like his parts are the most harrowing while he was in the upside down well yeah I mean, like that's i was part. and, and then point. whenever eleven would go into her sensory deprivation and she has to be in this room of yeah. black i love how they film that yeah they, that is really good film work we, we might have to rewatch it before the next season comes out i so. definitely want to do another one and compare the first one and the second one because i want to know what that giant thing in the sky is oh my god yeah. <laughs> all right so the mist oh that was the last one i want to talk about uh, okay the mist? yeah very last one and then we'll wrap it up so the mist was another one of those movies that the psychological implications of it were much more terrifying than the physical horrors. The Mist. Maybe I'm... By Stephen King. So in the movie The Mist, a mist descends upon the small town. And the residents have to defend themselves. First they bar themselves inside their homes. They, the mist jumps in. There are things inside the mist they can't see. So then they bar themselves inside a grocery store. And no matter what... That's... I'm thinking the fog. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're actually mixing a little bit of the two. The mist is when they just get barred in the grocery store. So it starts off with them. So the mist descends. They bar themselves in the grocery store. There are things inside the mist they cannot see. Near the end, there's only like 
five survivors. This guy, his two kids. No, no, no. This guy, this girl that they met during this whole ordeal, his son, and then a, an older couple. Yes. And they decide, well, we can't just stay forever. They keep breaking in. We have to get in our car and drive and try and get out of the mist. So they're driving, and they see all of these crazy dark shapes, just silhouettes of these things in the mist walking but around. In the dis- and it's, like in the distance where they can't see them. It's existential. Yeah, like it's all around them, but they have no idea what it is. It's so thing. And then they run out of gas. I'm going to spoil this. Because the ending is worthwhile talking about. Not worth seeing, because it'll just make you sad for the rest of your life. God, yeah. But it's worthwhile talking about. So they run out of gas. And they brought a gun to defend themselves with. The gun only has four, four bullets. Four. And so he's sitting there. And they're all sitting there quietly. And the kid has no idea what's going on, which is the saddest part about this whole thing. And the, the woman and the old couple, they, they look. They're and like, they nod. And they, they, they appreciate him, because he's going to make the sacrifice of not be, of being the only one living after this so it fades it pulls back and it's just the car in the darkness and then just four shots boom, go off boom 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 you know and it just goes back to him just the just and then, blood on him and, and he's just, only left alone and he just he gets out of the car ready to face whatever is out there ready to tear him apart and then the army comes and the mist clears and all the survivors they thought hadn't made it are coming up with the army, and he just drops to his knees. And it's just, he's heart, it's so heart-wrenching. It is the most heart-wrenching thing. And for me, that's, it's not about the gore. It's not about the blood, the people getting it's pulled out. It's about the out. implication and it's, stuff like that. It's totally the psychological implications of, and they didn't do that ending first. And I'm so glad they went with that ending. Yeah. It's so much more impactful. And people hate it, because, like, it's a terrible, sad ending. Like, there used to be times when movies had sad endings. King Kong is a sad ending. Yeah. It's absolutely. Lord you, of the Rings of uh, their 20 different endings are all most of them are sad. Yeah. <laughs> They're happy tinged with sad. Yes. There used to be a time when they're the uh Casablanca technically China. a sad ending. Yeah. I mean it ends on a Chinatown. A, oh god, yeah. But like uh there's a theory about the ending for um The Mist. Tell me. Uh, so throughout that movie, they have um, uh, they have a character who plays kind of a stereotypical Christian like God is it, it, it's Armageddon yeah the you know uh, Leviticus is come you know that kind of thing and she he, and then at some point she actually kind of loses it a little bit and says we must sacrifice the youngest among us the firstborn child so God will be appeased like going way way back in the Old Testament. And saying that's what we need to do, and that's why that's part of the reason why they run away. So because she's trying to kill his son, because yeah. that's the only firstborn around that like the father's still alive. So, but what they say is like you know she was saying that and she was super crazy about it. But what happens right after he kills his son? Everything goes away. Yep. Well, that's the terrifying part about it. Like, like, was she right, or what? It was it just coincidence? And maybe that's you know eternity with regret. That's the more yeah. terrifying thing. Knowing if he, there's no way to know. But if he had just waited a few more seconds, just a few more minutes, who knows what could have happened? So Elizabeth is afraid of um, eternity, eternity or the wrong kind of eternity. Even like we could even say that eternity. And really giant bugs. And really giant bugs. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've had to kill many a bugs in our house. So, 
Um, and I'm afraid of being outsmarted. I'm afraid of being uh, overpowered, especially in the mind. So especially by velociraptors. Especially by velociraptors or death traps. So, um, well, thank you for listening. Kind of uh, on a offshoot of what we typically do. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll get this up pretty shortly um, today, actually. Yep, and we're going to be going back into uh, Halloween movies, books, and TV shows as yep. the week goes on. Now that we are done with Pirate Fest more time to devote to that I, I uh i have an idea of what we should do next so it's because we've already had to change the schedule so i can uh, i know what we should probably do next even if more we can do edits no 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 i'm just saying what we should do for the rest of this week and all then right. just and basically just kind of flip-flop two weeks so all right well as always you can follow us on married to the idea on facebook Married number two, the idea on twitter you can email us at married to the idea reviews at gmail.com or you can find us online marriagetheidea.weebly.com and drop us a line on all those links are listed there. And try to follow us on SoundCloud. We'd love more followers. And uh, and uh, actually, what is your greatest fear? Thank you. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. like Or what is a, a more unique fear? Or Share that like with that. strangers so now they have leverage over you. Exactly. Like you see a guy, older guy maybe like plotting against you. Like, oh, hey, by the way, panda bears, totally afraid of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of uh, of kitten kisses. Kitten kisses. As they mew at our door, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, But be sure to do that. And uh, like I said, give us a follow. We definitely could use more followers. Share, share, and share alike. So we're, um, we're, we're wanting to have the... The word of married to the idea spread throughout the land. Indeed we do, little Gideon. Indeed we do. <laughs> Lady old me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you for putting up with uh, kind of a, a different topic, uh, but still Halloween related. And um, we will see you guys next time. Uh, but until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the idea. idea.